to play ball. Welcome to the podcast with no limits. Whether it be sports, current events, or random thoughts, this is the place to step in and stay a while. Your host is a proud alumnus of Rio Hondo Prep, a former minor league baseball umpire, and a man with strong opinions. Welcome to the Get Home Safe podcast and your host, Matt Persima. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Get Home Safe. Happy month of June to you out there, wherever you may be. High school graduations are pretty much over with, and uh, we are uh, in full swing with summer here. So uh, happy to be back. I know I've been away for a couple of weeks, but uh, all for good reason, of course. But uh, I'll maybe get into uh, to that stuff later. But good to be back. I've had some uh, fun podcasts on the uh, Charge to Keep podcast the official podcast of Real Hondo Football. So that has kind of been where my time and energy has been at the, the past few weeks and will continue to be so throughout the summer. But I thought I'd get a, a quick episode in. And I know every time I say I get a, I'm getting a quick episode in, it ends up being something a, a lot longer. But we'll try to just uh, be brief today with a few topics, a few uh, things that are on my mind. Uh, not going to lie, I've been uh, you know, going through a tough time recently with a few things, but nothing specific I necessarily need to get into, but it just, it just brings up, you know, it, it brings up the thoughts of like about challenges in our lives, right? We go through life. I'm 38 now. And you go through so many ups and downs where you don't, you don't know what to expect. Like it's just life, right? You, you walk out the door, you never know what's going to happen. Or you think you have things figured out or planned. And then yeah, it, things just change. Life happens. And um, you know, in my short life uh, there's been a lot of things that have, occurred already. You know, I've talked about, uh, you know, my mom and some other things that have happened in my life. And uh, there's just no, no way around, no rhyme or reason to it. Sometimes you just have to do your best to roll with the punches. And it's not something I'm always good at. I have to be, I have to admit, sometimes I have to uh, dig a little deeper and be like, all right, why, why are, why are certain things happening in your life? But you can't control the things that occur in your life. You can only control uh, how you respond to them. So I talked to you guys a few weeks ago, kind of about some of those things and kind of having uh, a vision and direction, some ideas and things of that nature. Um, and, and, you know, it's sometimes you, you start with a plan and uh, what's, you know, you make plans and God laughs, right? So you got to make sure that your plans uh, are, are leaning on, on him and letting him direct your path. Uh, I've been in church recently, the past few weeks, I've really enjoyed that. I've gone to a couple different churches. Um, one I've kind of settled in, uh, at least I've gone to on, on a repeat occasion has been real life church, LA in uh, Glendora, uh, led by pastor Jim Miller, who used to be the pastor at, um, uh, Glenkirk in Glendora. So really like what he has to say. I like, uh, his, uh, his services. And so I'll be going there for a little bit more. I'm trying some other things as well, but it's really been good for me as someone who's always had faith in God. Uh, you know, sometimes you step away from it a little bit and you're just like, Oh man, uh, I need this fuel for my life. I need to hear these things. And not just on Sundays, I try to listen to a bunch of uh, sermon podcasts throughout the week and everything, but it's healthy. I think it's good. And in the kind of the dark times we're in, it's uh, great to have some spiritual uh, guidance. So my challenge to others out there, maybe who haven't uh, who've been kind of in my shoes to, you know, hey, dive in, give it a shot, give it a try. Um, see if you can kind of rediscover your faith or or maybe just get, get a little extra push from above because that's definitely something I'm striving for uh, currently. Uh, on that note, uh, I, I was told about this movie called Nefarious. And I was like, well, what is that? You know, people tell you about movies sometimes and you're like, okay, is this really worth my time? Well, 
I, I happened to be challenged from a friend. I was like, you know what? I'm going to give this a shot. I looked it up and uh, basically it's, it's kind of by like this all conservative uh, production company, I think is the best way to explain it. So uh, it's kind of a, uh, you know, a, a screw you to Hollywood. It's just like, you're seeing a lot of that now without going outside the mainstream media or, you know, the, the corporate world we're in, it's just kind of like people are creating their own content, which is great because that's how you, you run into things like, uh, I don't know, the Joe Rogan experience, right? For example, or you run into the daily wire, whatever Prager, you who I'm a big uh, supporter of, you just get uh, different platforms with uh, maybe some differing opinions or, you know, things you don't hear or, or see in the other areas of life. But anyway, the movie Nefarious, um, for those interested, it's a movie about uh, a guy on death row, uh, death row. He's actually going to be, I think, executed the, the, the day of the movie, the, the, the day, the scene, the movie takes place. And um, he proclaims that he is a demon and he is visited by a psychiatrist who um, is an atheist. And it's his job to basically say whether this guy is insane or not uh, it's set in Oklahoma, I think. And if he's this psychiatrist says he is insane, then he can't be executed. So it's an interesting dialogue between the two. Um, some of you may think it's too preachy or whatever, but I loved it. I thought it was fantastic. It has a little bit of a scary element to it, right? But um, it's rated R, but I will tell you, I don't remember one swear word in it. I don't remember um, one bit of uh, sexual content. I, I I think it's a movie for everybody, uh, especially I would say uh, maybe you're married couples, couples that are um, or just uh, anybody, single people that are either uh, believers in God or maybe on the fence or maybe for the atheists out there. I think it's a great film. And um, it's uh, Steve Dace, who's a podcaster, I think, for The Blaze, um, or I shouldn't say podcaster, whatever the title is. He produced the film and did a fantastic job. So um, I really enjoyed it. I can't um, I can't suggest it enough. The way I found it is I went to Apple TV, which I know it's hard to find. Um, but, you know, I kind of cheated. You do the Apple TV, hey, free seven day trial. Uh, and then you have to buy the movie on Apple TV. So it was like 20 bucks. But some of you are like 20 bucks. I'm not paying that for a movie. It's to a good cause. And uh, you only got to buy it once. If you go to a movie theater now, it's what, $15 a person for a family of four. So pay 20 bucks. You get the movie for a couple of days and uh, enjoy. I sure did. And uh, it was nice to see a good movie, which was weird considering the criteria the the uh, the content of it being death row demon and anyway let me know what you guys think it's called nefarious n-e-f-a-r-i-o-u-s i thoroughly enjoyed it uh rather intense but uh it was something i needed to see at the time and so i'm glad it came when it did had my 20 year reunion this last weekend um i'm actually recording on let's see june 13th the actual day i graduated high school 20 years ago. And I remember it was June 13th because it was Friday the 13th. And we were all like, oh my goodness, Friday the 13th, what are we going to do? Uh, but graduated 2003 at uh, Carefield there right along. Uh, we Our new gift was the flagpoles to kind of help uh, with the new 11-man field expansion. And we were graduated right in front of Hampton Hall with some banners coming down. Anyway, it's been 20 years and it's crazy to think about. It all feels no matter how old you get, at least in my 20 years after high school, it's all felt like uh, five, seven years ago, but you hit 10 years, then you hit 15 and now 20 for me, man. I mean, it's look at, we got gray beard here. We got a little round body. We got the, we got the bald head. I mean, the, the proof is in the, uh, the appearance here, right? Um, 20 years ago, uh, graduated high school and I made it, which was great. And I just remember like going, 
man, there's no more sports. What am I going to, how am I going to do, how am I going to do this? How do you wake up every day and, and go about life without knowing you get to practice and prepare and, and play some type of athletic event? How do you do that? Terrified. Now here I am 20 years later, talking into a microphone by myself with probably a dozen listeners out there. So, uh, you know, you embrace challenges, but the reunion itself was fantastic. It was at Paul Hampton's house who, uh, well, his name was on uh, Hampton Hall, the building there uh, at the school we went to. And um, he's done very well for himself. So a great backyard uh, patio pool area. We were watching uh, college baseball, little NBA, little NHL. Was NBA? No, NBA wasn't on. NHL, some boxing. I mean, uh, it's cooked up some good food. And it was so great seeing friends from the past. I wish we had more um, involvement. Uh, there was only 15 of us who finished high school together. Uh, I know that sounds weird to some of you out there, but yes, a very small school, real hondo prep, but everyone was invited basically who, um, went, was with us at some point in junior high, high school. We tried to get an invite out to a bunch of people and unfortunately not many people made it. And I know some of them felt really bad and me being the planner. I am, I, I Paul Hampton hosted, but I put the Facebook invite out in like Christmas, Christmas time, six months ago, and was just pushing and pushing. Come on, guys, don't forget the date. Don't forget the date. And uh, sure enough, we didn't get many people, but you know, people have lives and jobs and kids and all these things. So I can't hold it against them too much, but it was a blast seeing some people I hadn't seen in a while. And it was just like going back in time. Although, uh, you know, I I definitely was the, the baldest of the crew, I'll say. Um, and I'll just leave it at that. I'll leave the features to that, but there were some Letterman jackets we threw on. They still fit. That was, that was comforting. That was good. Uh, just had a good time socializing. I don't know what other big high schools do at their class reunions, but it was great just getting together. Uh, the few of us that were there, um, we had people fly down from uh, out of state, drive down, uh, you know, got to see some, some people's kids. I thought that was really cool. There's significant others. I mean, that's what it's all about because when you're on that stage, 20 years ago, you're thinking, man, what's, what are the next 10 years, 20 years, 50 years going to be like? And before you know it, um, you're 38, 37 in some of my classmates cases. And we're just like, wow, that was a long time ago, but it felt like yesterday. So we had a plenty of laughs, uh, shared some good, good moments. And it was fun. And we were already like, well, why didn't we do this? Or well, why do we do this sooner? But like, we, we should do one for the 30th. And everyone's like, well, what are you doing in July? I mean, there was already, uh, it was fun when you get to see people again and you're just kind of like, why haven't we seen each other more often? Because when you first graduate, you're all like, no, we're not going to let ourselves uh, distance apart, right? But but life happens and it's just a natural part of it. So the 2023 20-year reunion for the class of 2003 at Rojando Prep uh, was a success. It wasn't that many people, but then again, we didn't graduate with a whole lot of people. So for the people that weren't able to make it, um, hey, it's all good. Uh, I'm sure you had a good reason. We'll try to make sure that you're there for uh, the 30th uh, down the road, which will be here before you know it. And maybe, just maybe, we'll do something before then. Um, but uh, my kind of mentality, my planning for these things is is kind of out the window for now. Um, I did the Facebook invite, and I'm, I guess I found that you know a lot of people have Facebook, but they don't dig into it as as much as they'd like. Um, maybe you got to get emails of people and send them the. The uh, what are the, what are what they evites or something like that? Maybe that's the way people like to communicate. I don't know. Um, I'll learn as I go here in this uh, crazy life we're in. But the twenty year reunion was a blast seeing uh, seeing good friends and uh, some new friends too. Again, the the friends or family of of my friends from the past, uh, I consider them uh, you know family and friends as well. So that was a, a great time. We've been looking forward to it for many many months, 
And I, I'm just uh, I'm just thrilled that it happened. And uh, we could have seen more people on Thursday night. We had a little pre-reunion festivity. My my buddy Bill Ritter was in town from Oregon for the reunion, and uh, we ended up going to see a few friends. Uh, our buddy Jordan, who lives out in Upland, we we ran into Nick Fuentes, one of my lifelong uh, childhood friends who we played on the Glendora Gators with and had a great time uh, back in the day, dominating Kerry's League as we did, winning uh, a lot of championships, no big deal. But uh, Nick opened himself uh, an establishment down in downtown Upland. It's called Pro 5, Pro 5 Brewery to be specific. And when you're there, uh, let me tell you, it's like you're it's like you're in the back. You're just a big backyard. It's it's great, family, family friendly, a place to go hang out. And uh, man, a great location there in downtown Upland. So a brief little commercial from my buddy, Nick, who, again, we met in second grade, played were teammates through fifth grade and even a little bit into junior high. And then uh, went our separate ways there, but uh, always been happy with his athletic success and for, uh, you know, leading the way on those Gator teams back in the day. A lot of fun. So go check out Pro 5 Brewery in downtown Upland, right by the train station, I might add. So uh, a classy joint, classy place. They got food truck, different food truck there every day. So whatever your fancy is, I think you would enjoy it. So uh, decently priced, good people, uh, the Fuentes family there. And, and uh, you know, definitely, definitely love to them from uh, many years of growing up uh, as kids there. And just, again, takes me back when you start reminiscing with friends from the past. So a uh, great time indeed. Go check that out. It was a great overall 20-year reunion uh, weekend for the class of 2023 and uh, 20, 2003. And just think the class of 2023, a 20 years will be here before you know it. And you'll be like, oh, what are you guys doing? And it's like, nah, time flies. Um, let me congratulate it briefly. It happened last night and tonight. I don't talk much NBA, but uh, the Denver Nuggets were victorious over the Miami Heat in five games. So congrats to the Denver Nuggets on winning their first title. I have some family in Denver that I haven't uh, talked to in a long time, but I'm sure they are uh, are feeling it and loving uh, loving the victory there. So that's pretty cool. Uh, and then Las Vegas. You know what? I'm a diehard Kings fan, but you got to give it to the Golden Knights, who a uh, new franchise there in the West, in Vegas specifically, and they won their first title tonight over the Florida Panthers. So uh, although Florida is a wonderful, wonderful state, uh, I'm a big fan of their governor, of course. Um, you know, a tough back-to-back -back, uh, nights for the for the Florida sports teams. The Miami Heat going down in Game Five to uh, to the Denver Nuggets, and then the following night, the Florida Panthers losing in uh, in Game Five as well in the Stanley Cup Final. So back-to-back uh, -back nights, back-to-back -back championship losses for the uh, the great teams there in Florida. But I guess it's. I don't know. It's it. You were there. You know. It's better to be a bridesmaid than a bride, or whatever the phrase is. I, I lose track. Um, the one thing I don't know why. Why do teams do this? Florida Panthers. Why? Why don't you just be the my? I, I I don't like when teams are states. Be the city that you're from. At least that's how I feel. Now you got the New York, New Jersey teams. I know that's a whole different uh, ball of wax, but. Why be the Florida Panthers? Is if there's another team in Florida, isn't there? Isn't there a? Let me see. I guess there isn't. Maybe that's why they're doing it. But like the, the Phoenix Cardinals, they used to be the Phoenix Cardinals when I was a kid. And then they changed the Arizona Cardinals. The uh, the Anaheim Angels became the, well, they were the Los Angeles Angels, then the Anaheim Angels, then the California Angels, then back to Anaheim, Los Angeles of of the, uh, you know, Southern Hemisphere Angels, whatever whatever they're called. Um, just be the city, uh, at least the, the closest big city. Like, okay, the Cowboys, they play in Arlington, but they're, they're the Dallas Cowboys. Like, San Francisco 49ers. All right. Yeah. You're an hour south of San Fran because who wants to be in San Francisco these days? Um, 
they're the San Francisco 49ers. Like, just be just be the city. I mean, I, I don't know. Not many t- – the Florida Marlins, they do it uh, – they're now the Miami Marlins, so they, like, figured it out. That's a good thing. Is there another Florida hockey team? That wouldn't make sense. Jacksonville, Florida. Yeah. There's three football teams there. A lot of colleges. Anyway, it's just a pet peeve of mine. Um, where I will kind of allow it is – what is it? The Carolina Hurricanes – they're kind of like being both Carolinas, North and South Carolina. It's like, all right, that's kind of cheating. But I get that one. That one I get. I'm like, all right. Because when you see North Carolina uh, University, UNC, I should say, um, and South Carolina University, when you see them in college, like each of them wears Carolina, right? Carolina. It's like, okay, which Carolina are you? So I don't know why, why I went off on this tangent right now. I just saw the Florida Panthers lost, lose the Stanley Cup tonight. And they got shellacked, man. They didn't even show up. Vegas was ready to party. They were ready to let loose. And uh, I saw the streets there. Woo-wee. Vegas is going to be going hard the next three day, next few nights for uh, leading up to that, that uh, parade that's going to be there. So I, I think this is the start of something. I don't think we have to worry about the Las Vegas Raiders anytime soon. But I do think Las Vegas baseball will be there soon. And I also think we're going to see an NBA team in Vegas real soon now that we've seen the success of the Las Vegas Golden Knights winning their Stanley Cup uh, championship. They were runner-up a couple of years ago. Um, you see constantly all these big fights in Vegas. I mean, Vegas has become a, a big-time sports town. It always has been. But now that they have some pro sports teams there, and uh, it looks like the the A's are, are uh, going to be there. And, uh, I mean, it can really turn into one of the better sports cities, at least on the West Coast, in my opinion. So congrats to the Golden Knights, as much as it pains me to say. And uh, to the Denver Nuggets for getting their first championship. Uh, I love when uh, cities that have never won or haven't won in ages, uh, you know, come away and finally do it for all those people that have suffered. Because we know what that's like for us non-front-running sports fans who just root for, you know, who you know for the guys that just rooted for teams because they saw their teams winning championships as kids or whatever. Um, you know, for the true fans that are diehards that, that, that suffer and go through it all, you know what, uh, raise a glass. That one's that one's for you. So congrats to those uh, those teams and the big time championships. Uh, the college world series is officially set. I watched uh, plenty of regionals, uh, last weekend and the super regionals this weekend, really, really fun stuff. Uh, one of my, well, I gotta say probably my, one of my favorite sporting events is the college world series because it's like seven straight days of just intense playoff baseball. Uh, you know, it starts Friday, two games, Friday, two games, Saturday, two games, Sunday. It's just like, I like the the format of it. And you just, you get home, maybe watch a little bit at lunchtime during the day, you get home. They got like these early starts for us on the West coast, four o'clock starts, I think. So um, if you get home from work, you might see the last three innings or something. And, it, and it's rather intense at that time. So uh, looking forward to it. College world series, eight teams, two, 14 brackets, double elimination. So four teams play each other until, you know, everyone has two losses and someone advances. And then they meet the two bracket winners meet in a best of three championship series. So that is the format. Hopefully uh, you guys check it out and you learn a little bit about the, the college game um, as uh, I, I continue to preach it, but uh, every year, but Oral Roberts, it's the Cinderella team uh, this year facing TCU and Virginia and Florida also in that bracket. And then the other bracket is Tennessee, LSU, Wake Forest and Stanford, who won on a crazy play, a walk-off uh, pop-up that uh, Texas lost in the lights the other night, or the 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 gray sky or whatever it was, twilight, kind of a uh, anticlimactic walk-off uh, there. So uh, that is your Omaha field. It is set. Only one West Coast team out here, Oral Roberts, uh, the Cinderella, and then a couple of big names there. 
uh, in the, in the field. So it should be an exciting week of baseball starting Friday. And by the following Monday, what is that? Nine, 10 days, we should have a new national champion. So check it out. It's a fun couple of days uh, there where you can just run to your TVs and see some, uh, see some good games and, I hope you guys get a chance to enjoy that as uh, I'm sure I will be doing uh, plenty myself. Let's see what else I had on the menu today. Um, This is something I I think I've mentioned, like listening to your troops. I think the best leaders out there uh, are ones that get feedback from, from their, their troop, from their players. It could be players. If you're a coach, it could be your, your workers. If you're a, a manager of some kind and, Something happened at work recently that was kind of funny. It was like uh, we we they tried. They, I'll just sum it up this way: they tried something months ago that didn't work. It changed everything and how we operated, where our vehicles went, who did what routes, who did uh, what pickups, and it totally changed everything for everybody and what they thought was going to improve things, right, for the customers. But it ended up being a disaster. They went away from it. Well, wouldn't you know it? Months later, they're like, "We're going to try it again." And all of us, all of us soldiers will say, we're like, hey, um, this didn't work before and th- we had major issues. What have you done differently that is going to change this? Well, oh, it'll be better. It'll be better. And you just hear that. I don't know if you guys can relate to this in your line of work or, or whatever. Or maybe you're a player and your coach is telling you the same thing. You're like, that didn't work before. Why are we trying this again? And so sometimes I think the troops know, man, sometimes us peons, the the you know, the, the, the people rowing the boat, they, they probably know a little bit better. That's not to say you can't have leadership. Uh, you can't have leaders step up and, and just be like, no, this is how it's got to be sometimes and make tough decisions. But I think a big part of leadership is collecting data, not just collecting data from the people beneath you, but you know, the strategy, logistics, it's collecting everything and making a tough decision. And that's why I love movies or like shows that involve, you know, things that are even like, you know, awful, awful ways of life, like the mafia, like that's like collecting data, right? And then making a decision. I love the military stuff, uh, making decisions, especially like in civil war days when they didn't have walkie talkies or radios and, and coordinates and this and that they had to listen to messengers and try to gather information and, and make the best decision possible. And there's plenty of leaders out there that would say, you have no idea what it's like to be the one who pushes the button, who makes the final say that pressure uh, sometimes is a real thing. And so sometimes us, you know, us uh, foot soldiers or whatever you want to call us. I'm saying that just from a military, not to say we're soldiers or anything, but sometimes um, you can't listen to the people beneath you because everyone has an idea. If everyone has an idea, oh, we should do this. We should try that. It's like, okay, you got to put your foot down and say, no, I'm in charge. This is what we're going to do, but not do so in like a dictator type of way. Um, But I, I found in my life, the best leaders were the ones that kind of listened to other people and then ultimately said, all right, here's what we're going to do. You see this in like, um, say basketball quite a bit um, during, especially in like the college game. So there's all these media timeouts, right? And so when the players go to the bench, the players go sit down, get some water, their talent off. And the coaches who've been sitting by each other all game, uh, they will gather together away from the team, talk in a circle. You generally They'll collect data from each other. They'll bounce ideas off each other. And then ultimately, 
the head coach goes, okay. And then he goes into the team huddle and he relays the information to the uh, players in, in, in that, uh, in that way. That's kind of just the way they do it. And it's something I've always noticed about like leadership and that's kind of the way of life in college basketball, but sometimes you collect data, you, you gather information and you make the wrong decision. And, uh, and then other times you're just like, Hey, why didn't you listen to the boots on the ground? The people that are saying, we can't take that hill. We'd love to, but we can't do it. It's impossible right now. Uh, you know, well, no, you guys got to do it. Okay. We, <laughs> this is a bad idea. Here we go. And that's a little extreme. It's all imagery. It's not me saying anything bad about soldiers or anything like that. It's just like, I don't know. I, I good leaders, in my opinion, make you feel like you're a part of the decision or that your opinion matters, if you will. And, but I also know that there's times when, when you know, the leadership demands that you just make the best decision uh, in a timely manner because indecision is is bad. Is a real indecision is like worse than making the wrong decision, at least in my opinion. So that was something I just wanted to kind of relay that. You know, sometimes you got to listen to the troops and other times uh, you got to say, nope, this is what we're doing. Like it or not, uh, let's get this going. Um, where was I eating the other day? Again, total random stuff here. I was eating somewhere the other day. And, and if you guys ever experienced this, they bring you, uh, they bring you one napkin. Now, I, I don't know about you guys, but there's not too many meals I've had where one napkin has like been sufficient. And I know we're all trying to cut back and be like real cautious and, and save money, right? In these in these great uh, Biden economy times. But I got one nap. And my worst one is like when you do breakfast. I, I think I've ranted about this. Ranted? Is that right? Yeah, ranted about this before. Where they bring you coffee, you get a spoon and a single napkin. And you're like, okay. Now I don't use cream and sugar generally. I drink it black, like God intended. Uh, but, you know, you put your coffee in there, you, you stir, then you put your your uh your spoon on the single napkin well that's your like spoon napkin so it's like you beg for another napkin and they look at you weird and like wait you already have one and it's just like when when my point is you know times are tough when you're only getting one napkin on the table at these restaurants i mean it's it's the, probably the least of everyone's worries i'm just saying dark times very dark times you look at gas prices you look at all okay that, that's tough stuff but when you get this, you get the side eye when it's like, okay, can I have another napkin? It's like, first of all, you don't know me. You've never seen me eat. It's probably not pretty. And the one thing I don't need is a lack of napkins uh, to be presentable because this is all going to happen fast. It's not going to be pretty. I'm going to try to slow it down and be polite and everything, but I definitely need napkins uh, in this, in this firestorm we're about to see or rainstorm, any jackets, whatever you want to say, but it's just, I wish I had a better analogy, a better rant about it. I just want to say that. I mean, one napkin on the tip. Can we get a little pile? Maybe people are taking it. I, I don't know what the issue is, but one napkin. And you one napkin eaters. I mean, my goodness. God bless you for being uh, so polite or whatever you want to call it. Neat. I don't know. Uh, there was something I wanted to dive into today. Uh, and this may be what I close the show up with. Let me see. Um, oh, I kind of talked about this, uh, briefly, but, uh, the whole, like, we're talking about like God's will and praying for asking for signs. Right. I think that's important, but I think in talking to some other friends about that as well, like you can't always look at, like God's not a genie, right? Um, I mean, he can do anything and, and, and of course, uh, he's all powerful, but if you're just like, 
all right, I'll believe in you, God, if you do this for me. Like, it's important to ask for signs. And sometimes we do blindly beg for beg for things in our lives. Um, and they don't always come true. I've been on that end of it many times where you're just like, I need this to happen or please blow, you know, and I'm not talking about some football game or something. Um, but sometimes you don't get an answer and it's kind of like, my thought is it's like, well, where have you been? You, you just jump back in and you go to the front of the line, like, Hey, let me help you. Okay. Now the, the grace of God is, is powerful that way where he does accept you and he wants the best for you. But it is interesting that when we pray for God's will, for God's will, for instance, and we're being, we're being sincere about it. And we're like, God, I want your will. Send, show me a sign. And you, there's plenty of this in the Bible, right? So you know what you know what happens. But when we ask for, when not just when you're asking for something, but you when you sincerely truly want God's will, and you pray and you're like, I, I'm, you're asking for signs, and sometimes you're not going to get that sign, or you might get a sign later, or you may get something also that you're like, well, this is a sign. This is a sign I'm supposed to do this. And it's just like, uh, I think you're 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 looking for that to happen. Like what was a Prager said, you know, when you have uh decisions to make, think of think of uh, not just the two options, but what is it you want <laughs> what is it you want to happen? Uh and then generally it's like you got to step back and be like, all right, is that the best thing? Uh, I know I'm being being vague and you know brief there, but it's just I'm getting kind of back into this whole uh, deep prayer and asking God's will stuff. So I'm kind of like I'm at a remedial level again, if you will, and I'm just uh, working through things here in my adult years. Uh, there's a song that's fantastic country music song called uh, "Only Talk to God When I Need a Favor," when you need a favor, and it's by way Jelly Roll or something. It's a great song. And it really is interesting. You know, how often do we do that? Do we only talk to God when we need a favor, when we need something? When things are going well, do we give him praise? Probably not. You're just like, all right, I did great. Or, you know, do you do you say a prayer and being thankful for what you have every day? Or do you only talk to God when you need something? I mean, I've never prayed harder in my life than when my mom was on uh, her, her deathbed. And, you know, um, it, it didn't work out. It wasn't supposed to be. I wasn't mad at God for it. Like it's... It, there was a other, other thing. I mean, if God never wanted anybody to die, I mean, would no one ever die then? You know, if, if that's the thing, would nobody, because everyone who's, who's died has probably been prayed for to not die. If you look at it that way. Like you can't just be like, that's how a lot of atheists are born. I think is, well, I prayed for God to, to save this person and he didn't do it. And it's just kind of like, I look at that, like, well, that's a little, like a little selfish in a sense of like, you think like you're the most important person on the earth because how many millions of people have prayed for someone to to live in as an example and they didn't. So um, you can't only pray to God when you need a favor. That's a great song. Check it out. Uh, it did win some Grammys and country music uh, awards, I think. So it's a good song. It's it, it's a uh, man. I should pull, I should pull it up for you guys. Um, let's do that with the Google device here. Only talk to God when I need a favor and it is by jelly roll. Don't laugh at the name. Uh, it's a, it's a good song. And it said, I only talk to God when I need a favor and I only pray when I ain't got a prayer. So who the hell am I? Who the hell am I to expect a savior? Oh, if I only talk to God when I need a favor, but God, I need a favor. I know amazing grace, but I ain't been living them words. Swear. I spent most Sundays Anyway, we go into the lyrics here. I'm not going to read them all, but I love the chorus there. Um, 
only talk to God when I need a favor. Who am I to expect the savior if I only talk to God when I need a favor, basically? And it's just kind of like those words ring true, man. At least for me, you know, um, just because you don't get an answer also doesn't mean he wasn't listening. So uh again, I'm back into the the faith business or being more faith driven, I'll say. And so I'm going to talk about that a little bit more uh, on the podcast, just being a little bit more open with that stuff. But if you have some theology theology questions or topics or things of that nature, throw them my way because uh, this podcast, who knows, it might morph into something a little more spiritual, if you will. But I have still have plenty of opinions about sports and politics and current events and plenty of those things that uh, I am not going to ever shy away from and uh, may say a thing or two that, well, I don't regret. I apologize to nobody. Uh, in closing today, I want to get to something that's really gotten me fired up. And every every year about this time of year, I get very sensitive about a few things, a few things. And, uh, you know, I umpired for many years. I don't do it anymore. Um, I still support the, the, the craft, the brotherhood. Um, I feel like I have a responsibility to stand up for officials, especially baseball umpires because they get a bad rap and uh, it's a tough job. And anyway, um, I wrote a few things down here. There's two things. Let me see. Okay, so there's two walk, there's two different elements here regarding ejections. And I don't know what broadcasting school teaches this or whatever the fact is, but I see it all the time. And you see it, whether it's the college game or the program, but watch a lot more college ball recently with the, the playoffs and the regionals and everything. But and and I think this will don't turn the show off. It's a shorter show today. If you've made it this far, hang in there. This will be relative to you. If you're a non-sports fan. You're still, you're going to get this. All right. I talked before about, as an example, how could he eject him? He was walking away. Who cares what he said? I'm like, okay, fellas, why don't you walk out of the room and say something uh, bad to your wife or significant other? Tell me how that goes. And you can just tell her I was walking away. You, you can't hold me accountable for saying that. That's an example that I said in the past. So I have another one um, that occurred um, actually a friend of mine working in the big leagues. And, um, I, I thought he, he did great. I do have some, uh, big league friends out there that, uh, I don't mention their names just out of a privacy, but, um, I'm sure you guys can figure it out. You diehard baseball fans, uh, especially umpire buddies of mine, but, um, there was an ejection in a game where, um, you know, younger umpire, I think it was a crew chief at first base, whatever it was. And the, the batter little check swing, Plate umpire says no. It's a plate umpire's call, by the way. This whole concept of well, that's a big. He's got to get help on that. Again, broadcasters somewhere we gotta we gotta write down all these. Uh, I'm gonna do that. That's a great idea. We're gonna do that. Broadcasting myths. I like it. Broadcasting myths. See, sometimes ideas come to your eyes. Comes to your eyes. What did I just say? Comes to your mind before it's late. I gotta I, I gotta get up and like few hours to, to get back to work, which I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan of getting back to work. Uh, I, I used to love the nights, hate the mornings. Now I've kind of flipped it and uh, I die fast at night and, and I enjoy the crisp morning air. Anyway, broadcasting myths, uh, much like baseball myths, like uh baseball myth. You have to, when you hit first base, when you run past first base, you have to turn right. Or if you turn left, you're, you're out. If you're tagged, and that's not true. You have to make an attempt to go to second base in the umpire's judgment. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna come up with some broadcasting myths like oh that's the check swing is is a perfect example that's a base umpire's call now whether you think 
a guy can see it or not better from there, fine. But it's the plate umpire's call. He gets a second opinion on a swing that he does not uh, determine was a swing. If he calls it a swing, it's a swing forever. So anyway, check swing, no swing um, from the plate umpire. He sends it down to the base umpire. Base umpire says, yes, he did swing. The batter looks down at the first base umpire and he groans and he he moans and he says what he's, you know, says a few words, but he says the guy's name and he says, you're effing terrible. You're effing terrible. So-and-so and the plate umpire, my good friend steps aside, <laughs> ejects the batter and the player, the manager who came out, he also got run uh, afterwards and, but, and the broadcasters, this, this is, this is, this is what, the player, everyone's in the heat of the moment, fine, whatever. But the broadcasters, what do you hear from the broadcasters? How could he throw him out? He wasn't even talking to him. <laughs> Meanwhile, on a baseball field, if someone says anything about your teammate at any time, it, it's like World War III all the time. What'd you say about my teammate? Don't do that to my teammate. You can't. And it's World War III. But an umpire, oh man. You can't say, you, you should be allowed to say that my partner effing sucks right in front of me. First of all, you, if, if you do that right in front of another umpire, you're an idiot. Because what do you want to do? Turn his ears off? Because also on the flip side of it, if I saw or heard, first of all, if you heard it, you, you could run him also, but that's from 100 feet away. But- like if, when I was umpire in college, if a player said something about me that wasn't an earshot of me and my partner didn't act, we're going to have a problem after the game, me and said partner. And that has happened before. I said, wait, what did that guy say? He said, yeah, blah, blah, blah. You're, you're this, you're that. I go, I just told him to calm down. I said, you told him to calm down? No, you eject immediately certain words and phrases he just says matt you're short and bald all right fine that's true and if you say yeah you're terrible well that might be true also but you gotta go you are ejected for that you're you you're this you're good you're unless it's you're really good uh and you say it sarcastically you'd still get run for that but this concept of i wasn't talking to you you were standing next to me and you said something to my partner that was unacceptable that he couldn't hear you saying it out loud is what gets you ejected. Not who heard it. And again, for you, non-baseball players, for you, family members, you're out at the park and somebody says something about your kid or your mom or your uncle. You're just going to be like, Oh, he wasn't talking to me. I'm going to I'm going to leave that alone. No. Where does this come from? Broadcasters help me understand this. I, 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 it baffles me to know it. Where do they make up these rules? These unspoken rules. You can't eject the guy. He wasn't talking to you. Meanwhile, said players, coaches, oh my goodness, a guy walks by and says something to a pitcher or something. Hey, what'd you just say to me? Or, hey, don't talk to my guy that way, whatever. So players are, I mean, you want robots is what you really want. You cannot turn your ears off. And I've said this last uh, before in the past too. Nothing has ever been said in the history of the world that you didn't want to be heard. 
So when it's sa- someone's saying something in the dugout, they're barking at you. First of all, you generally know. It's not like it's invisible over there. You look over there and you're like, oh, it's that guy. How do they know which guy it is? Well, it's the guy yelling at you. Like it's, yeah, it's not like impossible to determine. And if he's hiding and he's a coward, well, then you pick somebody. You know, just what you do. Well, why would you do that, man? You have no idea what it's like to control, we'll say 50, 50, more like 60 people, 30, 25, 30 in each dugout. No idea what that's like. So when you question the manner in which feel like uh, well, Colonel Jessup in uh, a few good men, when you question the very uh, blanket of freedom that I provide or whatever he says in that great speech, it's not easy. I'm not saying it's law enforcement tough or something like that, but it's a tough job. And um, there's, there's things you got to do. And that's one of them. You know, you turn your back, someone cheap shot you, you turn around like, okay, who said it? Are you not going to say it? You're not going to man up. All right, fine. It's you then. You can't do that. Yes, I did. And if you don't, and if you're not going to step up and say who it was, then we'll, we'll get somebody else. Well, you, you can't. Okay, you also, you're gone. Where are you? Are we going to keep doing this? Got to manage the game, friends. But don't sit there and tell me that umpire can't eject that guy. He he wasn't talking to him. Really? All right. That's how that's how you work with your family? You going to let someone talk about your sister that way? Well, he wasn't talking to, to you, to you, so you can't do anything. You're talking about my family member. You're talking about my crewmate. You said something to my guy. That's my guy down there. I might not even like that guy, but for three, four hours at this time, that's my guy. Don't talk to my guy that way because he represents me. We're wearing the same uniform. So if you're stupid enough to to say something about another umpire in front of another umpire, you're either, you're, you're either dumb. You don't understand how like things work or you don't respect the guy that you said it to and you know he won't do anything about it. That's how things work. You don't need to understand. I'm doing my best to relay how things work to the average fan out there. That's my like calling as far as contributing to umpiring still is to be like, I don't know where you guys get these things. You see, I love John Boy Media. Uh, he's great. He's actually pretty fair, I think. He, he does a lot of lip reading and stuff, which is funny. But uh, no, you, you, if you're going to say something you're going to say the magic words around, you know, and that this is another example. Say you're in an argument with another umpire and uh, he gets a warning and, Hey, I've heard enough. I get, you know, you got to stop. You don't get to walk across the field or then start barking to another guy, another crewmate being like, man, he's wrong. It's like, Hey, he already warned you stop. Well, and then now you eject him. Now he warned you ejected. That actually looks pretty good um, on paper instead of one guy doing everything. But anyway, don't be stupid and just say, can you imagine law enforcement? There's two cops, one cop's over there and you say something about the, uh, uh, you know, unless they're playing good cop, bad cop to you. Would you say something, a cop in front of you and then be like shocked if you were hit upside the head or arrested or whatever? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know another analogy to, uh, to throw out there, but just cause umpire, you're not talking to that umpire. If you say it around another umpire, and it's like umpires have super ears. That's what, how can he hear that? Well, he has two ears. That's how he heard it. Like, Players hear everything that's said out there, but umpires aren't allowed to. It's hilarious. The other ejection that pisses me off, this happened in, uh, I think, the Tennessee uh, Clemson Regional, is the college announcers, their reactions to ejections are hilarious. Their reaction, especially in the postseason, you can't throw him out right there. That's not having any idea what, first of all, you can't throw him out right there. When they see players pass each other and they're barking, the umpires in between them, and then finally they run somebody. Because the players are talking smack or, or maybe he runs by him 
And the announcer goes, you, the announcer just says, you can't throw him out there. You have no idea what was said as an announcer. The umpire does because he's 10 feet away. And that's your reaction. How about the reaction? It's like, oh man, he ejected him. He must've said something really stupid or bad. Not, you can't eject him there. You can't discipline your kid for that. Well, you don't know what the kid said. Yeah, but you can't. This is, this is a big day. This is a big game. The rules are, you, you throw the rules out. You have no, not having any idea what was said. You're just like, oh, they can't throw them out there. They, that's my favorite. They can't throw them out right there. That's the ninth inning of a playoff game. What if what he said was uh, in regards to an inappropriate relationship with his mother? That's, uh, there's a shorter way to say that, but that's what I'm going to say for, for uh, the PG audience here. It's not pro ball. It's college ball. If you say something like that, certain profanity, you're done. Especially talking smack to their team. They're trying to get that out of the game. But I just hate that. I just hate the whole, you can't throw them out there. Okay, when? So we just have a free-for-all. Like, trust me, no one likes ejections in the postseason. No one likes, uh, no umpire. Maybe there's one or two out there. But guys don't love the spotlight. Oh, and and, and of course, I'm watching a few eject. Oh, man, he's such a uh, mild-mannered. They say it every time. Every single player is mild-mannered and never says anything. Every single time. It's hilarious. If you're going to hold CB Buckner to these, uh, you know, standards or whatever, whoever umpire, Angel Hernandez, what a hated umpire. Oh, that guy's, he's, uh, he's always bad. He's always this. Okay, fine. Fine. You want to say that? Fine. But don't tell me every, every single player that gets ejected is, oh, that, that guy is it's just a, he's a, he's a disciple. He would never do anything. He would never say anything. This is a Christian school. We would never say that language. Really? How many college kids do you guys know? You heard the language college kids use? I've been a college kid. I've used bad language. I've said things that were reprehensible. But in a college baseball game, there's no way that stuff said. It's just like, and if you need to know what an inappropriate relationship with your mother means, uh, just think like the king, king swear words out there. The king swearing phrase that you probably hear a lot, usually on a baseball field. So you can't eject him there. Ridiculous. You're just saying, all right, so rules don't matter here. Like, you know, policy, uh, sportsmanship doesn't matter. I'm not saying a cheap ejection, but um, again, when guys cross each other and they're talking smack, there's probably been warnings put in already. I've been like, you guys need to knock it off or we're going to throw someone out of the game. It's not like, what'd you say? All right, you're ejected. Unless it's, you know, F you or whatever. No, just a little insight here for the fans. The first reaction to any ejection can't always be, how could he do that? Like he shot a player or something. I think Manny, it's happened in the game the other day. Manny Gonzalez at the plate and uh player, you know, barely said anything, but he kind of looked and motioned something and said something really under his breath and Manny, Manny Gonzalez ejects him. You don't know if warnings were put in beforehand. You don't know if, um, uh, you know, what, what exactly was said. If you don't know what was said, here's the deal. Here's what I'll leave you guys with. If you don't know what was said, you have to assume it was pretty bad, probably, or... It was the cultum, cultivation. That's not the right. The, the, it was the end result of something that had been going on. Uh, ignore, warn, acknowledge. No, what is it? Whack. Ignore, acknowledge, warn, eject. It's generally how that goes. Or it's just a really bad word, bad phrase. You're this, you're that, and you're done. Okay? That's all I'm saying. 
I'm not asking you all to be umpire lovers. Just understand how the game works. That's all, guys. And, and to the analogies out there, maybe there's a better analogy. I don't know. But if someone was talking about your family or you're, or you're, you know, this is a family reunion. You can't, you can't, uh, we have higher standards. This is, this is a big game. This is a playoff. I don't know what I'm trying to say. I'm, I'm out of, I'm out of ideas. I'm out of time. It's time to go. I'll probably be back next week, but I don't know for sure. Like I said, going through a lot. I can use uh, your prayers out there and uh, your ideas. So send them my way. My uh, heart and soul is into the uh, charge to keep podcast right now. Uh, with Real Hondo Prep uh, football weekly episodes on Friday nights leading up to the season. But I'll try to put out some midweek episodes of the Get Home Safe podcast. If not every week, then uh, maybe every other week or something like that. Or there may be a Sunday in there, Monday, Tuesdays, Wednesday, somewhere in there. Somewhere in that time frame, trying not to overlap with the charge to keep stuff. So thanks a lot, guys, for your time, for your support. Congrats again to the recent champions crowned in the NHL and the NBA. And looking forward to a great college World Series uh, starting this Friday and ending either next Sunday or Monday with a new national champion. Be good to umpires. Try to understand them, what they're going through a little bit. That's all I'll say. It's a long season. And uh, if players' emotions are allowed to be high and, and compete and all this, well, keep in mind there's human beings behind those masks as well. We'll see you soon, guys. Happy, what is this, June 13th? Not 20 years ago, I graduated high school tonight. Right around this time, too. Probably off that stage and we were off going to grad night in a limo. It's just crazy stuff to think about. So to the class of 2003, love you guys. It was a lot of fun. And uh, I'll be back soon, guys. Not sure when, but probably next week. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening. Have a great uh, start to your summer. Enjoy. So far, so good. Not much heat, but I'm sure it's coming. And it'll be hot as heck uh, for as long as uh, the summer will last until football season, which is right around the corner. See you soon, guys. And guys, as always, no matter what you're doing, whether you're out on the town or around in third base, Get home safe.